I'm coming live from the Music Garage Chicago. So they're listening to Six Wings Fried Hard. What is this podcast about? This podcast is about two rude boys from Chicago that are still exploring their friendship through music and current events. Vanessa mentioned that. Yeah, how's Brandon doing? Hey, that motherfucker is crazy. I mean, not that he wasn't crazy <laughs> when we used to hang out back at Sky House. What are you supposed to statue the limitation is on that window he broke at that bank that one time? Dude, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, you would have... <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to say too much more. Maybe we should talk about that later, but... <laughs> All right. But I, I would love to talk about it because this motherfucker, like, we were literally telling him stories about himself that he can't remember. And he was trying to act like the shit didn't happen. And my favorite thing about that is I'm usually that guy. Like, people are always trying to say, like, oh, Anthony, you did this crazy shit. And I'd be like, no, I didn't because I won't remember it. Not that it's, like, always so insane or whatever. Sometimes it's just something dumb I said that's kind of funny. But Brandon legit forgot a bunch of stuff. Like, he wouldn't tell us where we were staying, and we could tell he didn't book it. So we were giving him a hard time about it on the way, because it's like, who's on their way somewhere without a place to stay, right? Yeah. And at first, we thought we were staying in his house, because he owns a house. So it's like, he was being real shady about it. And it's like, he act like he couldn't understand why we were um, doubting him. But, like, when we get there, we finally told him a bunch of stories about shit he used to do to people, and he can't remember it. Case in point, once he had a birthday party, after he moved to Minnesota, he had a birthday party in Chicago. Um, None of our friend circles went, but, you know, Facebook uh, events exist. Mm -hmm. So we were invited to it on Facebook, and I can remember that night, me and my friend circle, in our text chain, laughing really hard about how it was all these people in the event like, Brandon, where you at? <laughs> like, this nigga literally... <laughs> we was talking to him about it the other day. This, this nigga, no shit, don't even remember that happening. And I told him, it's probably because you never left Minnesota. It's like, he don't even know which birthday that was because he planned a Chicago birthday, but he spent all his birthdays since he moved not in Chicago. Mm. So he has no idea even when he did that to people. So it's like, yeah, dude, you did that before. So of course, if we on our way to Minnesota, we gonna wanna know where we staying first. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah, we friends, but like you literally made an event for your Chicago We could have showed up to that. We just sure. didn't. Cause we don't go to clubs like that. So like, yeah, that was really funny. The whole trip was fun. We could talk about it a little bit if you want, but it was really good to see him. Hell yeah, y'all drove there? Yeah, we drove there. It was like seven hours on the way, maybe five, five and a half on the way back. But it's also because we left last Wednesday during rush hour, uh, afternoon rush. So you know how that could go. It was slowing us down a little bit. Came back Saturday in the middle of the day. That was a little bit easier, but yeah either way the trip was a lot of fun like i like that's i guess that's my first actual trip since covid you know not that we did much mm -hmm. and we actually weren't in hennepin county which is the county that 
You know what? I don't want to misspeak, um, but Hennepin County, Hennepin County is the county that was on lockdown in Minnesota recently. I think because of all the protests that was happening recently. So, like I said, I don't want to misspeak, and I know the murders happened close to each other. But somebody was murdered last week during the George Floyd, tri Floyd trials, and I do know it happened um, within 10 miles of where he was murdered. I don't know if both murders took place in Hennepin County, but that's the other thing that Brandon mm -hmm. told us too. He's like, oh, relax, my house not in Hennepin County. And then when he did book the hotel, guess where it was at? Hennepin County. Yep. Smack dab in the Let's put it this way. He ain't he, a liar. We stay. He not a liar. Not with that. His house. But uh, Hennepin County. <laughs> we stayed four blocks from the courthouse where the trial was happening. You must have got a good rate. Yeah, well, I mean, he must have got a good rate because he did actually end up covering it. So, like, you know, cheers cheers to Brandon for putting us up. That was awesome. He did take care of us. I would have been nervous being there right now because, I mean, everything is – Well, yeah. you know shit can go crazy no matter what and crazier than you wanted to even with um, security there. But uh, the National Guard was down there, and, like, I'll preference that with saying, like, you know, like, I don't encourage uh, – a police state or like police enforcement right. and those types of things to be a thing. Like I will say that much, but the national guard was everywhere down there. I know you've probably seen a little bit of that living in LA with certain riots that happened. I've seen it too, being in Chicago, but that's the heart of the George Floyd case. Right. The trial was happening and there was a killing. Yeah. Another one recently. So, so they locked, they locked they the national guard, was more enforced than I saw them in Chicago. And um, not that we actively looked for them, but I really didn't see any mass groups of people doing anything. But like I said, partially probably because where I was, the National Guard was. And like, even with that, it's like, you know, they'll set that up as a deterrent, but like those people probably weren't trying to do nothing anyway. You know, not, not at that time, not right there. But like I said, where we were, we were very close to the courthouse. There were protests happening in a different part of Minnesota, probably still in that same county. Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean? It's like, there's no point to just come straight to protest towards like people w with guns. And like I said, it was like literally hundreds of like the ones near the courthouse. It was so many that it's like, you know. Nothing could go off. Not saying that you, yeah, not saying that you actually trying to come at those people, but they might come at you. Like. Well, here's the you thing. don't even want to start to gather a protest if it's uh, all of those. Yeah, I mean, we know now it's team. guilty all the way down, right? But I didn't know what the fuck was yes. going to happen. This could have been some more Rodney King bullshit, and like they could have come back innocent, and that place would have like been on fire. I would assume. Yeah, and that's the craziest thing about it is nobody of any walk of life knew what was going to happen with this. Yeah. I believe there was a fair amount of optimism with a lot of people just because it did go global. But if some kind of way it would have went the wrong way, I think a lot of people wouldn't have been surprised. But I think you are right that, like, today, all over the country, the country would be burning. Yeah. And, like, that is a positive thing that we didn't have to face that again. And, like, you know, I'm just going to put it out there right now. It's like, if the country was burning because the wrong verdict would have came down... I wouldn't blame the people burning. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm just not like, you know, like. I can't it's, fathom it's just, it is. not handing down some sort of guilty, I guess, either. Yeah, like what exactly. world do we live in where. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 
you know, it is what it is for the people who say, like, you know, don't tear down a place where I need to shop. Where it's like, you know, everything that contributed to the last 10 months or whatever that it took to get to this point, like, it's a roadmap. So, like, you know, if you do, like, if you do want to keep peace in neighborhoods, peace in the finer downtown shopping areas of your lovely city, then maybe just start treating people right. Because the times where it happened was always reaction mm -hmm. to something that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I, I can understand, like, people trying to say they had nothing to do with it, those business owners had nothing to do with it. Well, these people didn't ask to be targeted and then to die. It's like a lot of these cases was people not soliciting the police to talk to them at all. Right. And now they're dead. Yep. So it's like, you know, like, yeah, like pity these store owners, but like, please also pity George Floyd's family, mm -hmm. Philando Castillo's family, all the way down the line, all of these people who didn't deserve what happened to them. Remember that, too. Yeah. Like when you think in whatever way you're thinking, especially if you're thinking about the buildings more than you're thinking about people. That's a fair point, yeah. Do you know much about jujitsu? I'm not changing the subject. This is on topic. Oh, no, you can. I have no problem changing the subject. I actually, like, ended with a pretty good point right there anyway. Um, this show is about yeah. a lot of things. It don't have to just be about justice, but it for sure should be also. Uh, no, on jujitsu. I literally know nothing about it, probably. All right, so I'm... I can't tell you one move. Me either, and I'm not trying to learn it, but I am following up on some new stuff I just started hearing about. There's a lot of ideas. I could change my mind on this, but from what I know right now, it seems like jujitsu is what we should be forcing police to learn more about and to do. Because it's all these techniques for subduing a person without harming them and without turning it into a fight or escalating. And so you could say mm. that about anything, right? You could be like, well, teach them karate, karate you know, like some jujitsu teacher is saying this. But actually, they implemented this at one police department. And that's just one, right? It doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere, but it's a good sign. At the one they did it at, they gave all these statistics, and every statistic is better. Like the amount of conflicts that led to an injury went way down. Um, the amount of even just regular encounters that led to like some sort of violence went way down. And they associate that to the officers having a little bit better training, finally, just knowing that if they needed to, they could take down a drunk person. Even like, you know, I'm not saying like there's no limits here, like maybe someone three times your weight, you can't do nothing about it. But jujitsu is supposedly the type of thing where like even in a situation like that, where you got some giant person barreling down on you. You, if you know how to do it, mm -hmm. you could take them down. And you could do it in a way where you're not going to get hurt and you know you're confidently going to like manage the situation. So if all that stuff turns out to be true, it seems like that's the way we should just start doing things. Yes and no, because I feel like with that type of training, some of these same officers that just shouldn't be working a job are just going to find and like, fuck people up with jujitsu. Unless, I mean, I don't know a lot about it. It's jujitsu all minor moves that don't cause severe injury um i need to look into it more to say you know because then what you're talking about is like someone could try and say oh i did this move but i did it a little bit wrong and broke their neck like whoopsie <laughs> i think they've thought about stuff like that but i'm i don't know I, that's why i would have to see more into yeah. here because if you're trying to make your nationwide you know anything once you launch a nationwide just like any company that's trying to start up.
you know no matter what you're going to get sued eventually sure. it don't matter which program you were so jujitsu uh guns and tasers like they're doing yeah. now whatever they switch to there will still be an issue but what we're trying to do is minimize it but also make the unnecessary things not happen so will the unnecessary stop happening with jujitsu and my early thought is no only because what's working what we have now could work i don't feel like there are very many mistakes by officers you mean they're all following directions but to a certain extent so like even in this case okay so yesterday a girl gets shot and there's a lot a lot of stuff going on about it like this girl apparently called the police because she was being attacked mm -hmm. When the police got there, she was bearing on top, barreling on top of someone with a knife, and they shot that her, I believe, four times, and she died. Fifteen-year-old girl. Now, the police weren't at danger. They, they weren't attacking the police officer. Yeah, how did that happen? So, it, I feel like it's reasonable enough to believe that possibly shouldn't they have just pulled their taser and tased her? Right. Even if they don't know who called what. A taser usually stops somebody in their track. Yeah. Especially a lady, especially if she was 15. Yeah. Because a lot of that is about, like, body mass. And, like, sometimes, you know, like, kid, period. Right. A kid can't take a tase. Like, what it, so now, like, there's yeah, one judgment call here to be made. If the person really thought, like, oh, they got the knife up in the air like Mike Myers and they're about to bring it down real fast and I'm about to witness a murder then yeah put a maybe a bullet in the murderer and, and and stop that but i don't think that's what was going on i think they should have found a better way to handle that i think that maybe was what was damn near going on it looked like she had the advantage and was going for the kid yeah i will that's say then because uh, now you gotta like, guess their judge their uh, you know observation in the moment i don't know but anybody out there listening especially if um they're hearing this a little bit later like None of us are siding with the officer. Trust, like, in general, trust me. Like, I just, I just want, like, we just kind of want to discuss it, period, because that's more of a gray area issue. But I do personally believe, um, in almost every situation, you should be grabbing a taser first. And and I'm I'm also saying that because I feel like if that was a white person barreling down on them, any other person, black, white, whatever. They might have pulled Taser first. It seems like that's the way to do it. I can't imagine how a Taser wouldn't have resolved that. Yeah, because even if she had her arm in the air, once you start tasing somebody, they not ripping through. Trust yeah. me. They not ripping through. So the only way, just to put it on record, where I would maybe like say like not side with the cop but be sympathetic to the cop is if you could document to me that they did an exact procedure like you were trained to do things one way and you did that thing the procedure could be broken but you followed it i don't think that's ever been the case in anything that made the news but like that should be acknowledged like we should be open to the fact that someone was trained incorrectly well the one thing i will say about this one specifically is um no matter what i don't believe this person deserves to go to jail because they didn't show up and just shoot somebody unarmed. It was a combat. Complicated. And this one really was. This one really was split decision. So even if some kind of way to decide that this person can't be an officer anymore, not up to me. 
I don't care what decision they make as far as that mm-hmm. goes. But as far as that person that did that conflict the other day going to jail for, like, murdering a kid, like, that's tough for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's tough. And also, I'll also say this, too. It's tough and it's a hard job to do. Maybe people should just not be police officers. You know what I mean? Like, I know some people, <laughs> somebody got to do the job, but, like, if you worry that you might get blamed for doing something that you think is going to be okay, then you probably not the one that should have that job. Mm-hmm. Like, even if that's a worry in the back of your head. And like, even me, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm a person on the right side of the law. Not that I want to be a police officer, but even if I wanted to be a police officer, I would be scared to. Because what if I show up in a, like, split-second decision, think I did the right thing, and the world is still against me? Yeah. And, like, let, let um... <clears throat> And like, and honestly, like, for the record, like I'm saying that, but I, I don't want to be a police officer. Like, but not even because of that, just because I, I feel like the institution is um has been sullied from the very beginning. Right. There's that for sure. From yep. Yes. And then I think just on the, from the way they, you know. Now that you know, someone could say, well, "Well, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna be a better force inside of that for good," and I'm, you know, that's fine. Uh. Although that's not me. Apparently a lot of people say that. But here's the other piece like that kind of is new for me anyway. Even if people disrespected police and stuff like that, I never until recently thought that the mob would turn on a cop. Like with the Capitol rally and stuff like that. Like I feel like if you had been an officer, you could have felt secure in your life. Like maybe people are going to break the law in front of you or push you or something. But to just mob go after you, to me, that's new. Maybe it was always there and I didn't see it, but. Yeah, yeah. an officer literally lost his life during those Capitol riots. And I don't know if it, I think it was a Capitol police officer yeah. or whatever. I think it was an officer, whether it was, officers, whether it was an officer or a security guard of some sort for the Capitol. Whatever it is, that was wrong. Crazy. Like. And I'm honestly not hearing much about that. I wonder how they're going to Um, They're getting people. There was this one day they, they made like 146 indictments or something because there's such a paper trail. They know everybody. They're going to get them all. Yeah, as long as they – like they need to get everybody that stepped into their building. Everybody that went into the mm-hmm. building should be charged for something. Because You're doing some time. Yeah. 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 Maybe you were confused. Uh, you get a month, but you're going in the slammer, man. That's I, that stuff is crazy. Yeah, like that's some shit that I wouldn't even imagine to do. It's like partially because right. yeah, I'm a black man, so I know. Like if I would have started walking up those steps, I would have felt like I was gonna get shot. Of course, like, it's a whole di- it's a whole different vibe from like the entitled part of the country that like. I know, right? Do shit like that, but I'll tell you one thing: is like they also know when to do try to do some shit like that. I feel like they know better than to do it again. Like, yeah, they not gonna all like get shot for doing it, but like let them try mm-hmm. to mob again. They gonna all get arrested. They not gonna get inside again like that, especially with Biden. Oh, never. Actually, with anybody yeah. else in charge. See, that's the crazy thing. Like, that was a symbol just to kind of show us. What is possible, but it was only because a certain person was in charge. That's not happening again with anybody in charge. Either side, unless it was another celebrity asshole that gets into the White House, that's not happening again. 
it's going to be a while. Like, apparently there were other, like, Trump-type people in the past. They come and go. And it's like there's a cultural memory. People can remember, like, even if you're a Republican, it's like, we just don't want the drama. No more, no one else like that for a while. Yeah, that shit was stupid. Like, every other day it was some bullshit. But honestly, uh, <laughs> Republicans didn't like Trump from the beginning. A lot of them got behind him because he was the president, so he has the power. And sometimes, even if you didn't be the next one elected, you kind of got to suck dick a little bit to get that person's constituency behind you. But I think a lot of a lot of people this time around was like, no, nah, we need to start from scratch. Fuck this. Like, like, which is right. Like, and the crazy thing about it is, as long as Trump isn't too senile, he's going to try to run again. I can't fathom that working. They might find a way to stop him from doing it, but he's going third party for sure. Like, he's not going to get the Republican nomination. Well, and then especially, all that's going to, like, there's no way he wins on a third party. Oh, it's just going to uh, easily make the Democrat win if they do that. But I think he might be about to do that. Pretty much. I think he going to try to uh, start his own third party. And he might fuck around and beat the Republican, depending on who the Republican is. <laughs> but uh, it'll help the Democrats win. Yeah. So I am hoping that he just straight up starts his own party. And like a lot of people within parties will be like, well, no, don't do that. We need to support our party lead you know we need to make sure we win but he don't give a shit about republicans so if they ask him not to run to help republicans he not gonna be like okay he don't give a fuck about either side he just wants to win so the way i heard it he has been an incredible money maker for the republicans even afterwards him just going around as a personality saying give money to the to the republicans that that has been effective and if that's true then that would be a reason why the party would appreciate him and keep him around. But they can't let him have the spot again. Yeah, just in the sense that he can't win. I, I, I can't imagine a path to that. But he wants to run is the point. That's all I'm saying. So <clears throat> if he decides to run no matter what, I think he's going to have to run third party because they're not going to let him do it no matter how much money he's raising. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he could do a third party, no problem. But what would be the point? To fuck with people, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just a troll at this point. <laughs> he was literally just a troll the entire time. In a lot of ways, sure. In every way. The motherfucker from the second that he won that spot was just talking shit about the Democrats. It's like, okay, you won. How come the first day you elect you like, but the Democrats didn't want me. The Democrats didn't want that. It's like... Everybody else at least pretends publicly that they're the president to all. Yeah. All right. But here's the thing. Let me share with you. I got this from the comedian Ari Shafir, and I really like it. He said, before you talk too much politics, you should go with the other person and say, look, before you criticize somebody, you have to tell me three good things about them. They don't have to be outstanding things, but just three good things. You wanted me to say three good things about Trump? I'm just not going to do it. But you can do it if you want. So there was some university that put out this weird statement about like we're like the social justice warrior kind of statement. Like we're awful. Our institution is, is racist and discriminatory and we've been terrible. And then apparently Trump had some governing body say, OK, well, you need to give us details on that because that puts some entitlement you have like for federal funding in jeopardy if you really are a bad organization in this way. We want to know more about that and investigate it. 
and then those people back their statement down and they re-release something softer. You think that's something that Trump directly had his hand in? I don't know. That's the way it was told to me. You don't even know who has their hand in what, though, because, you know, it's so large. But I'm saying there's so much shit going on. And I feel like anything yeah. that sounds like it's reasonable, that's probably something that somebody else just handled for him. Of course, they also going to get credit for shit that, you know, they didn't necessarily do. Yeah. And, you know, the, the economy is going to go up or down one way or the other. And, you know, they're taking credit for it if it goes up, no matter what. For sure. And if it goes down, they're going to blame their predecessor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it works the same way mm. at companies. Not surprised. You were going to tell me your vaccine story, or should we introduce our album first? We could do the album. So I picked Arcade Perfect by Sonic Boom 6. Their 20, 2007 release. I believe their first release, certainly the first time they came on my radar. Uh, I'll just go on the record. I love this album. What did you think? It's pretty good. So, uh, some of... I was kind of... Like, it It gets deep into the sky, but the first few songs aren't very sky-driven to me. Like, not that they have to be. It's an interesting album. Interesting short songs, which are, like, appreciated by me. Like, three-minute songs are right up my alley. You know, whatever. Three, three-and-a-half-minute songs. Mm-hmm. My favorite is probably Sound of a Revolution. That's a good one. That's also probably the first one where, like, kicks into the sky hard on the album. But, you know. Yes. Such yeah, a good opening. She has a couple of pickup mm-hmm. notes, and then, boom. Yeah, I also didn't realize it was a... um. A lady singer, which is fantastic, you know, like, uh, and Scott Benz is not, I mean, I guess it's a, a decent amount of them, but, like, I just didn't realize that, so, like, just the general sound that I was expecting was different, and also, um, a relief, she sounds really good. Yes. She has not only a great voice, but a particularly unique voice mm-hmm. to me. Like, I'll hear, she's been on a bunch of other stuff. I can't remember what I heard Layla K on recently. Oh, boss, she's on a Boss Tones track. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like a quarter note, and I was like, that's Layla K. I did enjoy the album. Not directly my style, all of it, but I still did enjoy it. I'm glad I heard it. I'm glad I've heard them now because I'm not very familiar with them. I would say my next favorite song on the album is probably September to May. Of course. It has a fair amount of um, um, alternative punk style elements in it that I really appreciate. But yeah, I would recommend this to anybody to give a listen, you know, um, especially if you're not sure what Sky Punk is. And either way, like it kind of delves into different types of music within itself. I thought this was a pretty good album. Yeah, September to May for me is like one of the quintessential punk ska things it hits all the major hooks great transition great horn licks tight uh everything about it is just like exemplary of the style mm. to me or at least the core of what i love and we should also say something about the second vocalist i don't know his name because he doesn't say his name that much in the songs uh i like him a lot too what did you think about the more rapping guy oh uh, that's not always my thing but he was cool Especially when it comes to music like this, I'm usually more interested in the people that are actually singing. But, like, it's fine. Like, my mm-hmm. most, my, like, the only person that's not always singing where, like, I'm really into their lyrics is Dave from Big D. And it's not that he's necessarily rapping, but he kind of doing this talk thing a fair amount of the time. 
Yeah, he does the Dave voice. Like it's, it's yeah, his and thing. I'm into that. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily hate this, but like I was kind of more into her than him. But I'll take it. I do like their interchange, and I think it develops more in their catalog. Was this your introduction to these guys, or do you know some of the later stuff too? Yes, this is my introduction. So even, so like it's crazy because like I listen to a fair amount of Sky every now and then. I can never say I haven't heard people. Because I'll listen to them and like it's a fair chance that it's a different song and a different album that I just straight up know. That happens to me sometimes too and I'll be like, fuck, I forget that this is that band. And I'll just know an entire song if I just hear it after a few years. With them, I'm pretty sure that may not be the case. I'm pretty sure this is the introduction. And like even with that, like, you know, if it develops, maybe it's something that I would get more into if I just heard a little more. Sometimes I also like have to give albums a second and third listen to for things to grow on me. Like I said, I don't hate his role, uh, but I'm not necessarily deeply into it. Yeah, I'd recommend you go on and check out. I also I think City of Thieves, the next one, is my second favorite. Oh, and actually, this is the second album. There's one before this, The Rough Guide to Genre Terrorism, um, which I don't roll as much. I gotta go back and listen to this one too. But they've got a good catalog. I like what they're doing. No, yeah, I think what they're doing is pretty cool. I was saying this came out at a time when, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of good ska music coming out. It was like almost a little bit of a dry spell, and then boom, this hit, and I was in love with it. Well, this is for sure towards the end of ska's mainstream run in general. I mean, yeah, the late 90s, the mid 90s, and late 90s was the hot time period. But it was still a fair amount of um, stuff in the early 2000s that was getting a fair amount of acclaim and not just in the sky scene. Yeah, for sure. Big release sky albums are more of a past thing than they are now. As long as I'm saying, even some of the bigger bands, like, I doubt that they their new releases are um, hitting like they early. But that's also a thing that just happens with any big band once they've been famous for so long. So what it would take for anybody to like sell big mm-hmm. now, it would probably have to be a new young band, undiscovered band to hit hard, you know, for it to be like, for it to be like this big, sure. big, big impact, like some of the, you know, people were doing 15, 20 years ago. But as as far as like big impact like that, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Cause like you were right, like, yeah, you were happy for this album. And honestly, in the last 15 years, there have been a bunch of great Scott albums that came out. Totally. They just not uh, having the um, impact, you know, that some of the others did when the um, scene was a little bit bigger. I mean, yeah, that in some sense is hard for me to judge. Cause I don't really know the big picture numbers. I have like my sense of it or what I see at a show, but I've learned that's not always representative. Like, dude, I went and saw the Toasters a few years ago. It was packed. I'm so happy for Bucket. But I was like, damn, a lot of folks still follow the Toasters. And Less Than Jake, I think, is bigger now than, like, when Losing Streak was out. I feel like a lot of these bands, from what I'm, like, my perspective, were, like, selling more albums. Right, but that we know that's, like, not a fair comparison because, like, people are just listening on Spotify and shit now. The game has changed. But that's where the money is. And that's all I'm saying is, like, the the money was mm-hmm. between albums and touring. Now the money is straight touring. And yeah, just touring. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that's gonna make it harder on a lot of these bands to do what other bands did. What do you think about NFTs? The fuck is that? Non fungible tokens. It's a new thing that came out. I, I was kind of curious too if you just had heard about it. 
it might blow over as just some nerd thing, um, but it's similar. It's the same underlying technology as like Bitcoin. So it runs on the blockchain. Dogecoin, Bitcoin. No, it's not uh, stupid like Dogecoin. It's not as dumb as that. Um, <laughs> it It's close to being as dumb as that, though. It's You can sell a digital good. Oh, I know what an NFT is, like those trade cards or whatever. Maybe. I think Probably you can have, like, like right. people are selling uh, NBA players um, moves. It would be like a five-second clip that you own. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, I know exactly what that is. Because some of those motherfuckers are worth a lot of money. Yeah. I don't, that might just be a fluke because it's a new thing, or maybe this is going to be big. It's hard to say. So are you saying I should buy some NFTs? No, I start selling NFTs <laughs> as a musician. Or at least that's what I just wanted to run and past what, you. Like, what do you think about this? Because you're right. You're not going to sell albums. I mean, I would sell an NFT if you tell me how to cut it and what should be sold. Like, we would need to talk about this more, but hell yeah, so, I'll try. I could help you, obviously, on the technical side, like, to make this a thing. And even I have to do a little research. But, like, I guarantee you I could make it so you could sell an NFT and we'll have, like, like the credit card or whatever it is, checkout process. I'll handle all the website shit. But as far as, like, okay, you have these NFTs for sale. Who wants this and why is it here? That's a separate thing. Like, I don't know if legitimately you could just put that on runapunch.com and people will show up and buy it. Not, no disrespect. I'm just like thinking it through. Is that a real thing? Um, I wouldn't be trying to put it up on Run and Punch to sell it. Or wherever. You know, like if you want to hustle this stuff, that's one thing, right? I mean, yeah, I want to do it. Stand outside the music store and go, psst, yo, got some NFT. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. I guess we should look, see if other musicians are doing it. Because if somebody, a couple of serious, like, for sure somebody's doing it, but it's probably somebody stupid. You got to see if, like, a bunch of people are doing it. If so, maybe it's legit. Mm. I mean, maybe. I'm not opposed to anything that might bring me some bread. Here's how I look at it. I am no longer a baller, but there was a moment in my life when I was. And if there had been a way I could, like, bought a certain classic albums, like I was the owner of it, doesn't mean it takes away from anybody, but just some kind of way it's like, good luck is owned by Kyle. Like, I would have bought that. Mm. Like, why? It is of no value because who would buy it for more and I wouldn't want to sell it. But just in some sort of like tangible, this is my piece kind of way. That I could see as an angle. The other thing interesting with NFTs is for like getting rid of Ticketmaster. So here's the cool part. You could sell all your tickets as an NFT. Then you, you know it's unique. But the way you set it up, if you didn't like scalpers, you could say, okay, anybody who resells this, that's fine, but 50% of the money of the resale comes to me. So let's say you sell the ticket for $10, you get the 10 the first sale, that person resells it, you mm. get 5 and they get 5 Or let's say they sell it for 20 they get their original 10 back, you get another 10 So it has this almost pyramid scheme to it that would stop a scalper. I see. That's cool. That is kind of cool. But that doesn't help. That just makes the live performance stuff a little easier, maybe. That doesn't help you replace the income from albums. Well, maybe I'll sell NFTs one day. Just keep your ear to the ground. If it sounds interesting, we'll talk more about it. It might just be a fad like bobbleheads or something. All right, but what about your vaccination story? So I ended up eating edibles the same day that I got my second vaccine. I don't think that's recommended. 
Especially not as many as I ate. <laughs> I ate I ate a six hundred milligram bag of uh, Doritos, and those motherfuckers had me on my ass. Like, like, but like, I didn't eat it till the night of the vaccine. So like, at first I was floating on air. You know, it was it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I was walking around the grocery store, and it was like. I couldn't feel my knees, you know, so I kept saying I wanted to walk on my knees. And then next it was like, oh no, I don't have any knees. And then when I got back to Jackie's house, I was getting out of the car and I fell over into the car. I can't remember why, but like my ass was out, you know, like towards the street. Cause like I fell over with the door open, laughing hysterically for like 15 minutes. And it was like 11 o'clock at night in a pretty quiet neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And it was a pretty loud laugh. Sure. I don't know if any cars was passing by. If they did, they, you know, they got the whole enchilada as far as ass goes. And so, yeah, I got the second vaccine. That morning, like, I felt fine. My arms started to tingle a little later. On the way home from the grocery store, I got, like, hot flashes for, like, a half hour. And then I was cool. I'm not sure if that was the weed or the vaccination. You know, because who knows? It literally could have been either one. Sure. The next day, I drove home. And then it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I was going to go out and run errands. And I was like, you know what? I can't do anything because I was really tired. So I slept all day. Mm -hmm. I woke up a little bit later to eat dinner. And I was still sleepy. So I went to bed for the night. Like, I'm pretty positive that it was the vaccine that had me. Sleepy like that the next day, but I'm pretty sure the day before it was the edibles that had me all fucked up at the grocery store and in the car. Well, I'll check my knees when I get my second shot, and I'll let you know. Yeah, see if it feel like you ain't got no knees. All right. Because at, like, at first, I wanted to walk on my knees, then it felt like I didn't have any knees. Oh, shit, report of an armed man 600 feet away. Do you have the Citizen app? <laughs> No. Dude, you don't want it. I used to think I lived in a good neighborhood. Then I put this app on here, and it's constantly telling me about people getting attacked and stuff. I mean, you do live in Lamar... Well, you do live in a... Lamar... Lamarck. Lamarck's Park. Exactly. I was going to make a joke with that. But I know. <laughs> but no, yeah, you... You know, it's where they murk people. What can I say? You said somebody got a knife? Uh, I didn't catch the weapon. It said brandishing something, dot, dot, dot. They put the dot, dot, dot in a very attractive place. I should have clicked on it. I don't know what they were brandishing, but it was, you can assume, not a good thing. 700 feet away. They must be at the 7-Eleven. I hope not. I love that 7-Eleven. I mean, the 7-Eleven will still exist. Yeah, they've been through some shit, let me tell you, since I've been going there. A couple of times the window got smashed. Only a couple. And COVID's been rough on them, you could tell. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Why would COVID... The quality of that place has dropped. If it wasn't for COVID, I would change my Google rating from five stars to three. It's really gone downhill, but I'm just trying to be, you know, understanding. You got to have the benefit of the doubt with people. That 7-Eleven really disappointed me once when I was near your house. 
Because you said it was 24 hours and it was closed at like 11.30. That's bullshit. It's supposed to be 24. I would be mad. Did you all get the vaccine yet? I got half a vaccine. I got to get the other half, obviously. Uh, I just got one Johnson. I got to get my second Johnson. That's not how that works. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing with you. I got, uh, what did I get? I got my thing right here. Pfizer. So, what were your symptoms? Nothing. I had like a little bit of a sore arm, the same as like other times I got a shot and your arm's a little bit sore. No big deal. My arm was really fucking sore after the first one. I got Moderna, but like if I tried to lift it past like right here, it was a lot of pain. That's a big deal, yeah. I should have tried that though on a day-to-day basis. I just lift my arm to the mouse mostly. I don't... I'll have to exercise it a little bit more to find out on this run. Yeah, so maybe you don't know. Maybe you just didn't lift your hand past mouse pad <laughs> level that day. I've adapted to such a sloth-like lifestyle, I won't even notice when I get the COVID. You're not going to get it now. Probably not. I mean, we don't know how the, it's going to pan out in the future. This is We're going to probably spend the rest of our lives at least passively dealing with this. I'm not getting that shit. I don't plan to get it, nope. But I know it's going to be floating around mutating. But we can fight. It has a good strategy that SARS and MERS didn't have. If you got those, you were infected, so it was easy to quarantine. A lot of people don't show symptoms, but are asymptomatic carriers, so this one's very stealthy. I mean, yeah, it does seem stronger than a lot of those other things, but it's been a year of this now, so I'm trying to be on the optimistic side as far as like us figuring out a way to deal with it. Oh, in that regard, yeah, I'm very optimistic too. Matter of fact, we're going to definitely do a Chicago trip later this year. Um, me and Linda are already talking about it. Like, we'll get the second thing. She's been researching about going on planes and all this. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Ooh, that's good to know. Yeah. Good, yeah. We- It'll get back to normal. I even think I started looking. Somebody posted something like, was it Chuck Wren? There's some show in September. I was like, oh, I could maybe go to that. When's Riot Fest? It's always the third weekend in September. I believe it still is this year. Everything looks like it's a go? So, should be. I haven't researched this, but I feel like this would be known news if it affected everything. But um, My Chemical Romance is one of the headliners. I heard they canceled their 2021 tour because of COVID, you know, still. But they're one of the headliners. I don't know if that'll include Riot Fest. I doubt it does. Because Riot Fest, most of the people they fly out is for one-offs anyway. You know, most of those motherfuckers don't be touring. Like, they had the Village people a couple years ago. Those motherfuckers not touring. They had, uh, (laughs) what's this motherfucker? Is that still okay with the Native American guy in that band like that? Apparently it was then. I mean, right. Who am this I to judge? I'm just asking years questions. Ago. Was the Native American guy black or white? You know what? I don't know. Because I can't see it in my head. I feel like if he's black, it'll be less frowned upon. It's white people who everybody is cracking yeah. down on now. Y'all motherfuckers got mm-hmm. away with the black face and the red face and the yellow face for too long. And whatever other face you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Although I heard something interesting with Al Jolson. Did we talk about this? I don't even know who that is. He's this old-ass singer dude. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are, that guy. I never, like, I didn't look into him too deep, but I was, like, aware of him as, like, some singer guy from, like, a long time ago. 
and he got people going after him because he did blackface and he did it. He's guilty. But then there was a spin on it where people were trying to say, like, you know, he also fought for everyone to get equal pay in that play he did that in, black or white. So, and all his, like, people in the play with him, like, nobody said don't do it. So it's complicated. What black person is going to tell him don't do that that long ago? Um, If it's true that he was, like, in good with them, was like, no, everybody gets paid the same then you would think they would be friends enough where they could be like, hey, man, that's really, like, not cool. No, I still feel like it was hard for minorities to speak out against a white person, even if you were friendly with them in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Like, because they could still, like, they still have an okay. advantage on you. If you all have any type of dispute, you you still, in, you know, like, you're the one that literally could get in legal trouble for having a dispute with a white person, in a way, like, mm-hmm. you know, like if y'all end up having an actual fight, you the person that's about to be in trouble. Like, just it's all types of levels to that. Well, like whether he was friends with them or not, they still had to respect him. It, like they had to be respectful yeah. of him. Like, he didn't respect them, uh-huh. but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Is like, like he was still like you know a level over them. Especially being a man and white. They should pass a law that if you have blackface on, it's an automatic ass whooping and you, the person who does it can't get charged. Oh, for That's sure. To balance it I out. mean, if I have to whoop somebody else for having blackface on, I don't expect to get charged. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, that okay, yeah, we're just. We're it's like, what happened, sir? Here, sir? Do you see the rest of that paint that's left on his face after I whooped his ass? It used to be all over his face. <laughs> Uh, what's your feel on live music then? When is are things gonna really open back up in a bigger way? Probably, I'm assuming by the middle to end of summer, the way people are moving, I can I can slowly I hear so, venue yeah. doors creaking open. It seems like that's what they do, and it's and I think his stuff already starting to happen in Chicago. So I'm not sure if this person is my cousin yet, but my aunt had me add this dude. Uh, he, long story short, he got the same last name as a lot of my damn South family he from there. But he keep posting himself at drum circles in Lamert Park every week. Oh, shit. Yeah, I only been friends. I know with the him. drum circle. I only been friends with him on the internet for like two or three weeks, but he be there every week. Um, but he's also a musician in California, in L.A., so the next time I'm down there, I was going to link up with him. Like, whether I'm actually cousin with him or not, I was going to link up with him. He seemed really cool. Yeah. I think he a little older than us. Like, I think he mid-40s. Can't really tell. I just think he is. But, you know, and uh, he played six-string bass. He played guitar, too. I've been seeing him post up with a lot of different instruments. So, like, you know, he might even come in handy for something we need. You never know. Yeah. But yeah, he be at a lot of that like stuff that go in Lamar Park. Every time week- we come, we could walk over there. Linda and I usually go on the weekends. They got food trucks and this great Jamaican place. I love Lamar yeah, Park. Yeah, next time I'm in town, we gonna for sure go see him together. Like I said, it's my cousin, so it'd That's be awesome. cool. Like it's a small world. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, man. What else you got going on this week? This is my last. So like. Some, like, I have a small circle that karaoke's together here. 
at the mm -hmm. music garage where I'm coming live. And we might do it um this weekend one last time before my roommate moves out and then I could just have people over to my house. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Alright, well what album are you gonna pick for next time? There's a new Jeff Rosenstock album. Yeah, I just saw that came out. Alright, it's fine. We don't have to. No, no, we should. People love him. He put out something last year that everyone, or maybe two years ago, was saying was so great. And I checked it out, and it wasn't really for me. But, you know, I want to check this out. I think Jeff said it's some Scott versions of those songs. Okay. So that's partially why I'm interested. Maybe this will open the door for me. Yeah, and I think he's using some of his bombing music into two people. Right. Oh, Dan Podass is on a little bit of it. That's cool. I'll listen to it for that, if nothing else. Yeah, it sounds like it, it should be pretty interesting, so why not? Thanks for tuning in to Six Wings Fried Hard. Our theme song is New Orleans Funeral by Run and Punch. 